Hey folks, you own firearms? I do. Did you know that there's an easy way for you to let everyone around you quickly see whether your firearm is loaded or unloaded? Meet muzzle stick, barrel, and chamber flags. Muzzle stick, chamber, and barrel flags offer a way for anyone, whether they handle firearms or not, to quickly see the loaded or unloaded status of a firearm. That could save lives. Are you one of nearly 80% of firearms owners that keep a loaded gun out of the safe for personal protection? Well, Taking an extra precaution by using muzzle sticks, big bright barrel, and chamber flags will let everyone around you know if the firearm is loaded or unloaded. Muzzle stick does not recommend keeping a loaded firearm outside of a gun safe, but the reality is that some people do. And a clearly marked gun's status communicates to others around that may not have firearm handling experience and it is something that they would not want to handle. Muzzle stick is not intended to replace the rules of firearm safety. However, their chamber and barrel flags do offer firearms rapid clear identification, and that could save lives. It's time for you to do everything you can to be a safe and responsible firearms owner. Head over to muzzlestick, M-U-Z-L-S-T-I-K dot com to place your order. One more time, that's muzzlestick, M-U-Z-L-S-T-I-K dot com. After all, we only have one life to live. Hello, America, and happy Friday. A uh, great news day for a Friday. A lot going on in the world, but I want to focus on a story that we broke on Just the News last night. I broke it on the Just the News No Noise television show on the website. Then I went on to Sean Hannity's show on Fox News. We talked about it and expounded on it more. We now have confirmed, without doubt, that the former deputy CIA director, the former acting CIA chief, Mike Morrell, has told Congress that he helped orchestrate and organize that letter of 51 security experts who falsely claimed in 2020, October 2020, that the laptop was a Russian disinformation operation. We know the laptop was authenticated by the FBI by that time and that the DNI, John Radcliffe, knew it wasn't true. So we've known that whole part of it. We did not know that Mike Morrell organized it until just a few days ago, but here is the bombshell. Mike Morrell says he did it solely at the behest of current Secretary of State and then Biden campaign official, Tony Blinken, Anthony Blinken. The current top diplomat in America was behind one of the great disinformation slash political dirty tricks of the 2020 election. And Mike Morrell's testimony is extraordinarily detailed. It's extraordinarily poignant. It's extraordinarily candid. Mike Morrell's a candid guy. This is the guy that ran the CIA twice as its chief and retired as its deputy director, career intelligence guy. He says he solely did it because Anthony Blinken asked him to. If Anthony Blinken hadn't asked him to from the Biden campaign, he probably wouldn't have done it. He says his intention in doing it was to influence the 2020 election. So a, a career intelligence man trying to infiltrate or change or influence the election. He said the intent of his influence on the election was to get Joe Biden elected. And then he says, when Joe Biden took the letter that he had orchestrated and used it in the presidential debate to blunt and falsely suggest that the Hunter Biden laptop was bogus, he got a call from the Biden campaign saying, attaboy, good job, thank you. Those are explosive, extraordinary revelations, and they're beginning to reverberate across the entire country. Professional intelligence experts, a current secretary of state, were involved in a political dirty trick that as Jim Jordan said in the letter that I broke last night, deprive the American people of making an informed decision about who their next president should be. 
And now what had long been portrayed as an organic event in the intelligence community, people because of their patriotism saying they're worried about the country, that's why they spoke up. It turns out it was a political event. It was a Biden campaign organized event. That is the fallout. That is the implications of this revelation. And that just puts a further sour taste in many Americans' mouth about the 2020 election. But there is a larger question now. We have to step back at this moment right here and say, Tony Blinken's currently our Secretary of State. He is our representative to the world. And if Mike Morell's testimony to Congress, which, by the way, Mike Morell's a very respected intelligence official, his behavior aside here and his behavior previously aside in the Benghazi scandal, this is a straight shooting, well-known, blunt intelligence expert. If it's true, that means the man who currently is our Secretary of State was willing to accuse a nuclear arm superpower that is often our enemy, Russia, falsely of intervening in our election, risk confrontation, risk further deterioration of our relationship with Russia, solely to create a talking point for Joe Biden in his debate. And then Joe Biden's use of a letter that he pretended was independent of him, but was really the work of his campaign, was the ultimate act of cheating on his job interview with the Americans. At the end of the day, the debates are Americans' job interview for their next president. And if Joe Biden cheated by using this letter, which was not accurate and pretending it was independent when it was in-house, he not only cheated, he deprived the American public of making an informed decision. I guess that's where Democrats are, right? In 2016, they were trying to cheat with Russia collusion. In 2020, they were trying to cheat by blunting the Hunter Biden laptop. Tough to absorb that, isn't it? All right, we have a great show for you. First up, Congressman Andy Biggs from Arizona, fresh back from the border. He's got some great intelligence on the border, but we're going to have him weigh in on this bombshell revelation from Mike Morrell. And we're going to ask him, what should be done with Antony Blinken? How about that? And then in segment two, Tip Parlatore is going to join us. He's a lawyer for President Trump. He's been working on things. A month ago, he filed a federal election complaint against the Biden campaign, against the 51 security experts. This bombshell revelation is going to become essential evidence in that case. The FEC has launched an investigation. There's a letter confirming that they're investigating this. And now there's going to be this explosive evidence that could inform that Remember, the FEC ultimately fined Hillary Clinton and the Democratic National Committee for hiding the expenses for Christopher Steele's dossier, falsely calling it a legal expense when it wasn't. But here, you have another really, really important angle. All right, so we're going to ask Tim Parlatore, what is the impact? You're going to learn all about that complaint because no one's really covered that. That's a big deal. And we'll have that in the second block. And then finally, we're going to finish up with Rich Sauer, who has a really extraordinary scoop. He found out something that most Americans don't know. There is an effort in Washington, fast underway, to take the title insurance business out of the private marketplace and put it to Fannie Mae. Yes, that same Fannie Mae, the mortgage giant, that caused or helped cause the 2008 financial crisis. In fact, Fannie Mae, because it was so poorly run, it still remains in receivership. And that, I think, is a really extraordinary moment to think about. 
All right, so that's our show today. Andy Biggs, Tim Parlatori, Rich Sauer, back to back to back. Rich Sauer's from the Market Institute, one of the great free market voices in America. Tim Parlator, a proprietor of his own law firm, one of the respected lawyers in all of America, and Andy Biggs. Back to back to back right after these messages. Folks, Field of Greens is the healthiest thing I do every day, and I want you on this journey with me. Why? It's literally one scoop a day. It tastes great. I love the fruit flavors particularly, and it's completely improved my life and my health. This is nutrition the way nature intended. When I began taking a hard look at why I wasn't feeling good and why I felt unhealthy, why I was gaining weight, why I was losing energy, it wasn't just because I had hit my 50s. No, it was because I wasn't getting the right amount of fruit and vegetables in my diet. And listen, it's, I'm just too busy to go to the store, clean up the vegetables, cook a, a vegetable dinners, and make sure I hit the fruit. A field of greens stepped in. One scoop of powder in my drink or on my eggs in the morning, and boom, I was off and feeling better. And suddenly, I was losing weight. I was sleeping better. My metabolism went up. My blood sugar went down. My cholesterol went down, and my weight went down. And my doctor said, hey, whatever you're doing, keep it doing. You know what that is? It's Field of Greens. That's what I've been doing. Field of Greens is radically different. Each organic fruit and vegetable was medically chosen to support heart and vital organ health. I trust Field of Greens to keep me healthy. I promise you, you're going to love this product. But if for any reason you don't, they'll give you 100% money back guarantee. Now, you're going to get 15% off your first order plus free rush shipping because of the incredible partnership we have here at Just the News with Brick. House Nutrition, and, of course, Field of Greens. All you got to do to take advantage of this offer, visit fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Don't wait. Go to fieldofgreens.com today. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS for 15% off. Hey, folks, it's John Solomon here. Today, I want to shine a light on AMAC, an organization who's dedicated to America's seniors but is vital for conservatives of all ages. AMAC stands out by not only advocating for senior issues, but also by pushing for conservative values that affect us all. By joining, you're not just supporting our senior citizens, you're part of a movement defending the freedoms that made this country great and to ensure that we secure our nation's future. Plus, membership brings you exclusive benefits like discounts on travel, dining, and entertainment, and of course, special insurance rates, one of the things I like. Regardless of your age, if you're driven to preserve freedom, AMAC welcomes you. This is about uniting youthful vigor with the wisdom of experience and our quest to keep this country great. Sign up now for amac.us slash justnews. And for a limited time, you get a free gift membership for someone else who shares your love for our great nation. Don't miss out on this chance to make a difference from AMAC. Join today at amac.us slash justnews. That's amac.us slash justnews. And extend the invitation to a friend or family member for free. What a great opportunity. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. So excited to have this next guest on. Every time we have him on, we only not only get some really great common sense wisdom, we get the real skinny of what's going on, whether it's down at the border, inside the Capitol, inside the weaponization of our government. He's one of the most eloquent and impactful voices in all of Congress. He's Congressman Andy Biggs from the great state of Arizona. Congressman, welcome back to the show. Thanks, John. It's good to be with you. Good to be. With you. Uh, and I have, I have to tell you right off the bat, uh, your good friend. I was just talking to Sarah Carter before I got on with you. We are best buddies. Uh, she, we call each other work sister and work brother. We, <laughs> and she's got her new book out too about the border, which is great. Yeah, she does. She's great, and she she wishes you well. But she says um, 
she's in competition with you. She says, oh, I think I'm better than John's show. <laughs> that sounds just like the Sarah Carter I know. Uh, one of the most courageous reporters I've ever worked with. Uh, boy, she's fearless. And so are you. So are you. I, I think you both do a heck of a great job for the country. I don't strap on a camo suit and go down to the border like she does. She's pretty She's pretty courageous that way. She's amazing. And uh, we, we've worked together for so long. We have such great memories. She was on the show here like a couple days ago, and she said the same thing there. I got a better podcast than John, so. <laughs> these good people all right so let's start with the border if i could because you just had yet another trip and you're bringing members down you're educating people and i think even democrats now are starting to feel uncomfortable that hearing this week where the government had to acknowledge they lost track of eighty-five thousand unaccompanied minors even the democrats were sweating that one there's some changes in the dynamics here tell us what's going on yeah so so internally um more democrats are um, realizing it is a political, and this is the way it works. They're re- realizing it's a political liability for them. So they're, they're kind of uh, getting nervous because even the radicals in the Judiciary Committee actually um, gave up a lot of their talking points in that hearing. But um, what's happening, John, just, just two quick things. Number one is that uh, in, in just a few weeks, uh, the Title 42 authority to turn people back at the border goes away. When that happens, estimates are uh, as high as, as uh, you, you move to three, four hundred thousand people a month coming across. There are places across the border that have uh, tens of thousands of people that the, cart, uh, the cartels are putting together, just waiting till for, Title Forty Two comes. So you'll see something very similar, probably uh, at least early on, to the Haitian. Uh, uh, debacle when when you had 18 to 25,000 Haitians come across in Del Rio. Um, So you'll get something like that. The other thing is, in talking to border uh, uh, sector chiefs and agents and local law enforcement over the last few weeks, actually last month or so, uh, they'll all tell us that the administration has put together no plans for the surge that is about to take place. And the reason, not only is it a problem because of the surge of just human uh, humans coming across, but it's going to happen in the hottest part of the year, and there's going to be casualties to that, and that's that's what's going on at the board. I could give you more specifically what I saw last week if you want, but please, I think it's the human toll now that is tugging a little bit at the political heartstrings of the Democratic Party. I think they know there's just no way to defend the loss of 85,000 children or to even allow those 85,000, it's actually over two years, 230,000 children unaccompanied to come across the border under Joe Biden, to come here at the behest of the cartels. That's just not a good way to come to the United States if you're a parentless child. Tell us what you saw at the border this last week, because the dynamics are changing. And I'm fascinated by the China Intrusion because no one leaves China unless the government lets them leave. They got to get an exit visa. That means China is sending these people here. I'd love to pick your brain on that. Yeah, no. So, so we can talk China for a minute. So, the the number of people from China all across the southern border is is way way up. I mean, we're talking five hundred, six hundred percent, and that's those who we who we uh, actually interdict. And the problem with that is. Um, more dangerous to the United States national security personnel are coming between the ports of entry and we're not getting all of them, right? So that's a huge, huge problem. And so when we start talking about the China connection, we also can't forget 
criminal gang members, uh, international terrorists, people on the terrorist watch list, uh, the, the drug uh, runners and the human and sex traffickers that are coming. It is absolutely porous. And so last week, John, I'm down there and um, and it was uh, just about a week ago now. Uh, and we're driving along the, the, the border road down there in southern Arizona. And uh, in this particular area, the Tucson sector, it is the number one uh, human and drug trafficking smuggling corridors in the United States on our border, right? So, so we're there, but, but where we are, John, it is in the middle of nowhere. There's, there's, I, I, I can't say I've never seen people there uh, trying to sneak across, but rarely because it is so remote. It's so remote. You can't even get service, you know, stellar radio service. It's real hard to get that. Anyway, so we're driving down. I look up, John, and two or 300 yards ahead of me, there are three little kids playing in the road. And I'm talking to, I'm talking to the guy that's with me. I said, you know, what's it? We're in the middle of nowhere. What are these? And, and, he, and I thought, could they be reservation children because we were on the reservation? And, and, of course, we're in the middle of nowhere. And, of course, it's not going to be. We get there, and there's a, a group of 21 individuals from all of various parts of Mexico. And we asked, how did you get here? Well, you know, the cartels put us together in Caborca, which is a, a city, uh, you know, 50, 60 miles south of the border. Then they drove them up and, and left them probably six to seven miles south of the border. And you got a lady with an eight-month-old baby, a lady with a five-month-old baby, a 10-year-old kid with Harachi sandals. They, you know, and, and they said, you just walk to those mountains there, and you're going to come to a fence. And when you get to the fence, you sit down. I mean, we're talking to them and finding this out. And, and uh, you know what, John? You had, you had nobody in there that was an unaccompanied minor, technically. But we had a, a family group that didn't look like a family group as we – tried to probe them just a little bit but the reality is it's constant and the whole time we were there when we had service we could hear you know there's a group of two there's a group of nine there's here's three more persons it, it was non-stop in this sector and it's and it's busy and they don't usually get they don't usually get these um surrenders but when they do get a surrender the reason why is it take it took five agents uh, and they don't have many more than that on the line to come pick them up. And guess what's happening on the rest of that line uh, down there in Tucson? It's drug smugglers, uh, the Chi- the Chinese, the the domestic, the international terrorists, the 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 gang gang bangers coming across, uh, and and we can't catch up to them. That's what's happening. It, uh, we've created the perfect scenario for the bad guys to win and for vulnerable children to be harmed. I know one of the border agents I had on recently said, we have created the most inhumane way in history for a child to enter the United States. And that is unforgivable. And what you just described leaves chills, you know, with me. I just, I can't believe that we, we're willing for some ideological reason to leave all of those children and young mothers and others at that sort of perilous path to this country. We should be better than that. We really should be. Do you see a moment in the summer where Democrats are forced to do a deal because the title 42 and that big wave you were just talking about creates images that even the mainstream media can't run from anymore? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think, I think, well, you know, and when I say that, let's, let's just be realistic. The, the mainstream media manages to run from everything uh, as far as they can. And so I, I'm not sure that anything that we're, is being exposed is actually going to 
prompt them in a very real way. I hope so. I mean, you're doing great work on this stuff, um, and 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 some of them are reporting it. But we, what you need to do is, we have to have reporting on all of these issues, whether you know it's it's whistleblowers or border or crime or anything else. It has to raise to the level of the Russian Russian hoax for it to ring out to the American people. And I just I have a hard time believing that. Uh, the hopelessly left-wing biased media is going to really open up to it, John. Yeah, they had a few moments of decency this week. Almost everybody covered the big revelation about the whistleblower, and they covered it seriously, like the way we would have covered things 10, 20 years ago. I worked with several of those mainstream media organizations to help them with that story, and I found a willingness that a couple of years ago I would have got eye rolls and thanks, John, but no thanks. I think that maybe there's some little, little baby steps going on. But I want to ask you about that whistleblower because it is such a momentous revelation, such a moment. And this is a guy with great credentials. He's bringing the big Swiss bank cases. He's our representative to many foreign countries on behalf of the IRS. How big a moment was that in the Hunter Biden case? I guess it explains why we haven't seen charges. Yeah, I I have to tell you, I was, when I started, because... I got hold of this letter, right? And I'm, I'm reading the letter and I'm like, holy mackerel, this is huge. And, um, and the letter makes some very specific assertions. Um, it, it, it specifically talks about, uh, in my opinion, perjury to Congress, uh, right? By, by, not, by, not by just anybody, but by a senior political appointee. So that's, in that in and of itself is an, an amazing allegation. Then the next allegation that they talked about was was this um, uh, that they had conflicts of interest that were not uh, taken care of appropriately, and of course I think we all thought that I think we all thought that, um, and and then you saw what we all know to be true, is preferential treatment, and uh, and 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 basing it on political expediency. So when you start looking at it, it gets to the, the narrative you've been talking about for a long time, very, very eloquently and, and correctly, is this weaponization of, of the, the, the police apparatus, and quite frankly, the intelligence community apparatus of the United States for political purposes. I view this as an amazing, amazing uh, uh, revelation, and I look forward to, to actually uh, expanding on it, getting it open and, and go forward and look forward to, to, to hearing uh, what, what uh, our whistleblower has to say. Yeah, it'll be fun to watch you. You're one of the great questioners in Congress. You always ask questions that bring out a narrative of facts that people can understand. And I think the Q&A on this is going to help people really understand what went on here. Political interference, once again, the thumb on the scale of justice and also justice not being blind. I think that letter said the Hunter Biden prosecution was getting preferential treatment and infected by politics, two things that we've long assumed we wouldn't have in our country. So pretty amazing. And I want to ask you the other bombshell broke last night. Just the news here. Sean Hannity and I worked on it. It's a fun story, but because it's so momentous, I think we all knew that letter wasn't organic, but it's been portrayed for the longest time that these 51 intelligence experts, because they cared about their country, they put out a letter a month before the campaign and Joe Biden just happened to find it and mention it in the debate to blunt Donald Trump's attacks on Hunter Biden. We now know 
That letter from the 51 experts came from the Biden campaign. In fact, the only reason the man who organized it said he did it was because Tony Blinken asked him. This is the testimony of Mike Morrell, former CIA acting director. And he said three things. I only did it and only did it because Tony Blinken asked me. My intention in doing it was to influence the election. And my intention in influencing the election was to get Joe Biden elected. And when Joe Biden got to use the letter after I did it in the campaign, they called me and gave me an attaboy. Good job for helping Joe Biden out. That sequence is so bluntly put by Mike Morrell. How important is it to the narrative? And what's the next step? Do we strip these people of the ability to have future government jobs? Do we take their security clearances away? Is there an FEC violation? What should happen here? Well, maybe all of those things. And and I will tell you... um, that was, you know, we, we've long suspected that, right? I mean, but, but now you've got a sworn testimony to that effect. And um, it, it's, out, it's outrageous. Uh, you know, there's part of me that want to make some jokes about it, but, it, but you can't really make a joke because the purpose was to thwart and suppress enough voters. They knew it would be a close election. They wanted to suppress enough voters um, to swing the election. And then they have the audacity to talk about election interference anywhere else where there has been no evidence that the Republicans did. But I mean, here you have something, and and these guys, these 51, and not all of them are Democrats. A lot of them are just, we hate Donald Trump Republicans. They should not have security clearance anymore because it is obvious that they have abused their access to uh, uh, state secrets. But I mean, when I say that, on the other hand, I, I say, you know what? They didn't use any state secrets because there was nothing here because this was made up out of whole cloth. It was just it was just made up. And so uh, if, if people have testified falsely before Congress, they should be held in contempt and criminally prosecuted. Uh, if they, you know, and they should have their security clearance taken away um, but but where do we go? I mean, we we have to turn over our our uh, contempt citations to Merrick Garland, Pete sakes. I guess you could defund the agencies, though that, the home and roll, particularly if Senate Republicans get on the line, you might be able to defund them at least, right? Yeah, well, that's that's what I did when I introduced those five hundred and one. Uh, that's uh, right. Fund bills. One of them. One of them was to try to reduce the funding for. Why should the FBI get a three and a half billion dollar building that is going to be more lavish than and, and larger and and more fancy than the Pentagon for Pete's sake? They should not be getting these rewards. And you know we we have limited checks under the Constitution, but those checks, if we don't if we neglect to use them, they allow for the expansion of the bureaucratic state and the weaponization that is already ongoing. So. We really have to take care of that. Yeah, we do. It's pretty stunning. I want to step back for a second and look at this from a global perspective, because Tony Blinken now is our top diplomat. He's our representative to the world. And he presides over a world where there's a hot war in in the European continent between Russia and Ukraine. And in this scenario here, uh, we now know he was willing to put a false claim that the nuclear-armed Russian foreign government had interfered in our election, knowing it wasn't true, just to give Joe Biden a talking point in the debate. 
Can he credibly deal with Russia? Can he credibly deal with any other foreign country who might now wonder, is he going to do that to me too? How potentially harmful is this in his ability, Tony Blinken's ability to engage the world? Well, I, I thought Tony Blink was, was already feckless and damaged um, by multiple other um, uh, policy decisions and statements that he made. But this, in my opinion, uh, probably disqualifies him to serve as the Secretary of State. And I know people keep saying, Andy, you want to impeach everybody. Well, uh, you know, Tony Blinken probably should be impeached just like Mallorca should be impeached. And uh, but think of this, if you're China or, or even, well, let's, let's back, let's bag the, the adversaries. Let's talk about our allies who, who now don't trust us at all. Um, and why would they, they, uh, they think we're weak, untrustworthy. Uh, how in the world can he remain our, our spokesperson to the world? How can he? Uh, you know, I, I, John, I just don't see how he can, and and he should he should go. Uh, but yeah, he is. I think he's irreparably uh, harmed the United States. Uh, well, and I should say irreparably because I, I don't mean in, per, in perpetuity. I mean for the balance of of his tenure and and the Biden tenure, however long that may be. Heaven help us. I think it, it has damaged the United States uh, foreign policy posture. Before impeachment, should he just resign? Would you call for him to resign, to leave the office for what he's done here? Uh, yeah. In fact, I'll, I'll break it on your show. Tony Blinken, you should resign. <laughs> yeah, I listen to a lot of people. I talked to some Democrats this morning, and they were mortified by this. And what's so fun, about, I, I know Mike Morrell, I've met him before. He's so candid. I mean, you could disagree with the things he's done on Benghazi and other things, and particularly the letter. But one thing you can never say about that, he's really bluntly straightforward when you ask him a question. And the bluntness of how he admitted what he was really doing that is so shocking that even the Democrats are like, ouch, that hurt. It's going to be really interesting to see what happens. I want to turn to one thing. We just got a couple more minutes, but I want to ask you about this because you have been such an important voice for so long in a Republican Party that really has failed to cut the size of government. Debt deal, what is the right strategy for the Republicans to finally win this one and not fall apart after a good hundred days of some unanimity? Well, what I would love to see is, is that there should be my my opinion, and I and I I've, I've, I've taken this position from day one is that uh, rescissions, uh, uh, reductions, um, and and uh, and then let's 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 go forward um, making some legitimate long term uh, impactful cuts. So w what I would tell people is uh, they want 1.5 trillion in the package that's there. The actual, the actual impact on on the 1.5 trillion dollar request, or, or, or the Republican uh, proposal to raise the debt ceiling, is is you you only have a 78 billion dollar impact on that. The rest of it is you're you're foregoing uh, future spending. And what we really need to be doing is making the hard decisions on reductions, which is why John, I introduced 500 bills that gave us a roadmap on how to reduce uh, the size and scope of the federal government. Now, how do we stay together? Well, I think, quite frankly, I think, uh, uh, you know, regardless of my disapprobation of where we sit, I think that many of my colleagues, most of my colleagues, I, I, I would say that I believe that uh, Speaker McCarthy probably has pretty close to the, the votes he wants for this current deal. The problem, of course, is if Mitch McConnell and the, and the Republicans in the Senate 
uh, unplug this, unplug, you know, unplug the Republican proposal and go with either clean debt ceiling lift or some other uh, uh, Chuck Schumer plan, then we when, then we move into kind of a stalemate because uh, I don't think Republicans are going to give that up in the House. Yeah, and then, then we really are at a, at a crisis moment. If ever there were a moment for Mitch McConnell and Kevin McCarthy to get together and make a common sense deal for the good of America, it's this moment now. There's no doubt about it. Well, one thing we know, Congressman, you're going to be on the right side of this. You always have been. And it's a great honor to have you on to talk about the border, talk about the weaponization, and of course, talk about this important debt deal. I want to thank you for joining us today. Thank you, John. It's always great talking with you and I look forward to seeing you again soon. You as well, sir. Thanks so much. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to talk to a lawyer who's in the middle of an FEC investigation about that letter we just talked about with the congressman. We'll have that right after these messages. You know what, folks? Stress may be why you can't lose weight. If you've got moderate to high stress like I do, a doctor-formulated weight loss supplement called Lean could be your solution. Chronic stress wreaks havoc on blood sugar, which can cause your body to store excess fat. Stress can also slow your metabolism, which fuels weight gain. And you know all about stress eating and sugar cravings, right? Now the good news. The studied ingredients in Lean have been shown to help maintain healthy blood sugar levels, help optimize metabolism, and keep your appetite under control. Now, if your life is a bit stressful like mine and you want to lose weight, Add lean to your healthy diet and exercise lifestyle. Now get 15% off and free shipping at takelean.com. That's takelean.com and enter the promo code justnews15. That's the promo code justnews15 at takelean.com. One more time, takelean.com. Statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease, and it's not a substitute or alternative for care from a health care provider. Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year, and then the inflation data came out higher than expected again, just like we've been predicting. Friends, this isn't going away anytime soon. It can't. The U.S. is $34 plus trillion in the hole, and yet we keep printing money, which pushes the prices you pay every day even higher, whether it's at the grocery cart or at the gas store. So you can either bury your head in the sand or you can do something about it. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation, and Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold, and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. All you got to do to get started, text Just News to 989898 and get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist on how to protect your savings from persistent inflation. The way to do it, with gold. All you got to do to get started on that journey with my good friend, who I trust more than anyone at Birch Gold Group. Text Just News to 989898 right now. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. As we mentioned at the top of the show, some blockbuster revelations last night on Just the News. Other people now picking it up. It is now been confirmed by former Deputy CIA Director, former Acting CIA Director Mike Morrell, that the Biden campaign in the person 
of Tony Blinken, now our Secretary of State, then a senior foreign policy advisor to the campaign, instigated and sustained that letter from 51 security officials that falsely misled the American people into thinking Hunter Biden's laptop and its very explosive contents were Russian disinformation. That is a significant effect. It's going to have an effect on Blinken's career. It's going to have an effect on the State Department's connections to the rest of the world, because now they know this Secretary of State was willing to accuse a nuclear armed foreign power of something that it hadn't done just to give a talking point to Joe Biden. But there's another part of this story that most Americans don't know about, but our next guest does, because he's right in the middle of it. About a month ago, the Trump campaign filed a very important FEC complaint. There is an ongoing FEC complaint, an investigation into this letter as a potential illegal campaign contribution. Joining us now, the man who wrote that complaint, who investigated it, and I'm sure has something to say about the new revelations. Joining me right now, the great attorney, Tim Parlatori. Tim, great to have you back on the show. Hey, thanks for having me, John. Uh, big, big revelation last night. I think people are still absorbing it. And before we get into the FEC complaint, you've been in this business for a long time. To know that our chief diplomat of the United States was willing to hang this shingle on Russia just to give a talking point, create a false thing that not only misled the people of America, but you know potentially created some disgruntlement in the world, that has, has to have some effect diplomatically and politically. Well, I think it definitely has an effect. I mean, he is the nation's chief diplomat. He's the one that has to maintain all these relations. And yeah, I was, I was thinking about it this morning, just how far we've come from the debate where President Obama was making fun of Mitt Romney for calling Russia our greatest adversary to then former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton, you know, trying to blame Russia for her election loss to then Tony Blinken, the then future Secretary of State, trying to you know, swing the election by, again, villainizing Russia. And, of course, now we're fighting a proxy war with Russia. And it, it just seems to be a pattern of you know, former and future secretaries of state that are you know, willing to falsely villainize, and, and not, not to defend Russia here, but to falsely villainize Russia for certain things that they didn't do for the purpose of you know, attacking Donald Trump and not really thinking about what kind of um, ramifications are there going to be to the world order? Yeah, that's such a great point. And you, you've done so many important cases. There's another co-conspirator in this, what I call the information industrial complex, the people who have repeatedly misled us. First, it was Russia collusion, and it was Ukraine, and now it's Hunter Biden laptop. The news media, you end up having to interact with the news media a lot. They keep falling for these things, and maybe because they want to fall for them, but the Biden campaign couldn't have pulled this off if the news media had asked the right questions back in October 2020, right? Well, that's correct. And, you know, a lot of people, when you give them something to hang their hat on to say, OK, 51 former intel officials said that this is Russian disinformation. We don't have to cover it. Let's let's instead focus on you know other things to attack, you know, to attack Donald Trump. Um, and yeah, I think it, it definitely is one of those things that where he has vulnerabilities, they use this to detract and to um, give people a different shiny object to focus on. That's great. It really is. That's the key thing. That's the dynamic that I think has played out. I think there's some rethinking of this just a little bit, and I think that's an important piece of the puzzle. I wanted to now turn to this FEC complaint, which I think got filed in late March. It's very important because 
it made an allegation, but now your allegation has been completely confirmed by a pretty credible witness, the former acting CIA director of the CIA. That's a heavy hitter. How does this revelation impact your case, which now the FEC is investigating? Well, I think it's a headshot because, you know, really what we have here is, you know, I, I've been, you know, fighting this 51 Intel um, officials letter for a while. We first filed complaints with all of the intelligence agencies to say, hey, your former employees are going out and providing intelligence analysis, which they claim is based on their knowledge of classified material. And they failed to follow the proper procedures. They failed to submit it for republication review. They're putting out disinformation while using their titles, their former titles, as you know, something that gives it the, um, the appearance of legitimacy. And you know, really, all those agencies kind of, they took my complaint and did nothing with it. And so I figured that that was something that, you know, we don't really have standing to keep following up on that. That's something the agencies have to do themselves. But it's one of those things that I figured the Congress would later, you know, call them into account and say, well, what, what investigation did you do? We then took that and did a separate FEC complaint. And what the basis of the FEC complaint is, is that by providing this false um, intelligence um, analysis report, really, is what it is, uh, that is a, you know, it's a contribution in kind. That's something that if I wanted to hire a whole bunch of former intel officials and particularly a whole bunch of former you know, CIA directors to perform an intelligence analysis and give me a report on something, that would cost me millions of dollars to, uh, to get that kind of a product. And yet here, they did it. They didn't get paid, as, as I understand it. Instead, they, they did it to um, yeah, as a contribution in kind. And you know, really, our big concern with that complaint is it needed to be tied directly to the campaign. Now, of course, we always believed that upon a proper investigation, you know, giving us access to subpoena power and the ability to interview these people under oath, uh, would would reveal that because the circumstantial evidence certainly suggested a connection to the campaign, and yeah, you know, I got to hand it to Jim Jordan. He just he went there a whole lot faster, more effectively uh, than I could because you know he has that subpoena power at his disposal now, um, whereas I have to jump through a whole bunch of hoops to get to there. So. It really, it takes that one final element, which, by the way, if you look in, in history, if you look at the um, the RNC complaints against Facebook and Twitter, you know, those all fell at the time because they couldn't show that there was any uh, connection to or coordination with the campaign. If somebody's out there, you know, doing this stuff on their own, not at the behest or or even communicating with the campaign, then the FEC wouldn't have jurisdiction over it. Um, and of course, the later Twitter files kind of undermine some of the FEC's filings at the time. But when it comes to this particular case, we filed it in March, and I believe it was March 29th or so that I got a letter from the FEC saying, you know, we've, we've received it, we've accepted it, we've opened the case, uh, we've opened an investigation, and all of the respondents will be notified in about five days of the investigation, they'll be given an opportunity to respond. So when you think about the timeline, that means the first week in April. Is when they were getting these notifications probably, right? Right. right. Morrell gets a notification from the FEC first week in April saying, you're under investigation. And 
and the Biden the Biden campaign is under investigation, and you know, these other you know, the the fifty other intel uh, agents are under investigation. And so, um, I wonder if that affected his decision to provide you know the full candor that he did. Wow, it is a very important moment. You know, it's something that we discussed at the time when we were putting this together. Is that when you have 51 different individuals, all of them, you know, career government types who are, you know, looking to, you know, maintain their legacy, looking to potentially get, you know, future jobs in the government, certainly looking to maintain their security clearances. When they get stuck into an investigation like something like something like this, they will turn on one another. You know, there will be a rush for the door of who can save themselves by pointing the finger at everyone else. Um, I have to admit that while I did predict this would happen, I wouldn't have necessarily put my finger on a former acting director. I probably <laughs> yeah, would have. To be the informant, right? <laughs> exactly. You know, John, if you and I were in Vegas, I probably would have put my money on, you know, one of the lower ranking people. But, you know, hey, it just, you know, it just goes to show you. There is a clarity to all. And, you know, maybe this is because of his training and the role he once played, but it's a very precise clarity to what Mike Morrell said. I only did it because Tony Blinken asked me to do it. I did it intentionally to influence the election. And the way I wanted to influence the election was to get Joe Biden elected president. And when Joe Biden then used it in the campaign debate as a mechanism to blunt Donald Trump's attacks on Hunter Biden's influence peddling scheme, they called me and congratulated me and thanked me for doing it for them. I want to add one other element to this because it has to be taken in the context of the moment. In that very moment in October 2016, when Mike Morrell was doing this at the behest of Blinken, he was, according to the news media, on the shortlist to be CIA director, uh, that sort of creates an implied leverage that Tony Blinken might have had on this. When you look at the clarity, I mean, one thing Morell is, he's not unambiguous about what happened. How will his very clear declarations potentially give the FEC powerful evidence to make a decision on this? Oh, it's, it, it is, it's a kill shot for that one element of the coordination with the campaign. And, and what's really interesting to me here is, you know, you've, you've heard some of these other individuals say, well, you know, we said that this is what we believed. You know, we didn't say we was 100 percent. Here's the thing. If Tony Blinken reached out and he said, I would like you to provide a, uh, an intelligence analysis report that says Russia did this. It is, from its inception, tainted. Yeah, it's a campaign request, right? Right, and any, any professional intelligence officer knows that when you're going to prepare a, an intelligence summary or an intelligence analysis, you don't start with the conclusion. You know, they, they, don't, they don't go, CIA, we would like you to prepare a report that there are weapons of mass destruction here. We would like you to prepare a report that, you know, that no. We'd like you to pre prepare a report to see if there are weapons of mass destruction in Iraq. We'd like you to pre prepare a report to see if. You don't predetermine the conclusion if it was a real intelligence report. Right. Right. But, but when, it's, when the job assignment has the conclusion within it, any reasonable, professional, honest intelligence officer would have said, you know what? No. If you want me to, if you want to hire me to do an actual full intelligence analysis and provide you my opinion, 
based on evidence, totally happy to do that. But if you're asking me to provide something that supports a predetermined conclusion, no way. Such important stuff. Well, Tim, we wouldn't be in this position today of having the FEC investing it if it weren't for the prescience you had to file that complaint. And it had so many good details in it, but clearly this latest event is going to drive a very important evidentiary base for this case. I can't thank you enough for joining us. we got a lot more stuff coming up in the next couple of weeks, so I'm sure we're going to get you back on real soon. All right. Sounds good. Good to be with you, sir. Thanks so much. All right, folks, don't go anywhere. In a few minutes, Rich Sauer from the Market Institute's here to give us an extraordinary new evidence of government socialization of the economy. Fannie Mae trying to get in on the business of title insurance for your homes. Think about that. We'll have that right after these messages. Folks, if you get your wallet stolen or your cell phone or your car, we know what it is. It's old-fashioned theft. It's crime. We know it. Criminals now have a new way to steal our most valuable asset, our homes. Older Americans are most vulnerable to these types of thefts, and that's because they more often own their homes outright. An 88-year-old Florida woman recently discovered that scammers forged her signature, created a fake deed to her home, and then took her property. Those who buy a property from a deed theft scammer often become victims as well. What can you do to protect yourself? It's simple. My good friends at Home Title Lock provide the premier detection technology to protect your home and its title. The instant they detect an activity or something suspicious, they mobilize to help shut it down. We won't know a thief took us off our title until it's too late. That's why Title Lock jumps into action right away. The titles to all our homes are easily found online. A criminal or renter, even a family member, can simply forge your signature on a home sale form. Then he or she refiles as the new owner and bam, your home is not in your name and all of a sudden debts are being taken out against it. That's why Home Title Lock is my choice. Find out for free when you use my code JUSTNEWS at sign up. You'll get a free comprehensive scan of your home's title and 30 days of legendary home title lock protection free. So go to hometitlelock.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS. That's the promo code JUSTNEWS at hometitlelock.com. Go there today. Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay-up letters. Millions, I say. Then it's up to the 20,000 new IRS enforcement agents to find you. Why the IRS targets you and not millionaires? Well, because millionaires have tax lawyers. You don't, you'll pay up. Plus interest and penalties. You need Tax Network USA, and you need them now. Tax Network USA has brilliant war room strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. Like a preferred direct line to the IRS, they know which agents to deal with and who to avoid. It's not all bad news for you because Tax Network USA learned of a special limited time IRS offer. They're willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. So schedule your free confidential consultation to see if you qualify for this limited time IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit tnusa.com slash justnews. That's tnusa.com slash justnews. Welcome back, everybody. I know the memory is 15 years old, but it's fresh for most of us. The financial collapse of 2008 is still a painful memory in the American economic system. And uh, our next guest has a shocking revelation. Fannie and Freddie, those two uh, institutions that were at the heart of the mortgage failures and the economic collapse of 2008, well, somebody wants to give them an expansion of their responsibilities, even though they're still in receivership 
for their failures back 15 years ago. Joining us right now, our good friend Charles Sauer from the president. He's the president of the Market Insti Free Market Institute. We're so excited to have him here. Charles, uh, you have found something I don't think anyone's talking about. How in the world could anyone give Fannie and Freddie new responsibilities when they're still in trouble for their last ones? It is amazing to me that this isn't being talked about more. Look, 2008 is one of those years that shaped all of our lives, that shaped the economy, and we're still kind of making our way back from it today, yet the, the Biden administration and Fannie Mae want to take us even further down the road looking at our old problems and just amplifying them. So what they want to do is they've proposed a pilot program. And in the pilot program, they would not just run the mortgage industry. They would also now take over title insurance, which means that not only would the thousands of small businesses that provide title insurance be out of business as the government now takes over a new industry, but at the same time, home buyers would then take up more risk on the land that they buy. So now, not only are we centralizing the markets, but now we're forcing homeowners to take on more risk. And when we look at the end of the day, what the Biden administration wants to do of making home ownership more affordable, that isn't even done under the program. So we have more risk that uh, into the markets. We have more risk for the homeowners and we don't lower the prices for first time home buyers or any home buyers and we take on more socialization. So we have problems all over this and the fact that people aren't talking about it is amazing to me. Wow. Well, and I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because it does certainly seem like socialism, this new rule that our directive from the Biden administration is going to be taking uh, effect next month where uh, borrowers with good credit are essentially going to be subsidizing high risk borrowers. And I, I look at a scenario like this and I think to myself, you know, this is always the, the eternal question with socialism. What is there to incentivize people to work hard in a socialist system or in this case to have good credit if they are just going to be spending the money on people who have poor credit? Yeah, what you're hitting on is a is a program that Biden just rolled out and it caught a lot of people off guard. It's this Robin Hood idea of where they're going to charge people with good credit more money and people with low credit less money. And that's a bad incentive in the market. But when we look at the title insurance issue, it's just one of those that's bad all around. It makes no sense because now we're dealing with just a government industry and we're going to centralize that or vertically integrate it, which is going to make it worse when we already know what it did to the economy in 2008. And in this instance, they're going to force the people that aren't getting title insurance, so they're not getting covered. You have to give a 20% down payment, which means that fewer people are going to be able to actually afford the uh, homes in the first place because not many people afford the 20% down payment now. But once you afford the 20% down payment, now you're going to also take on more risk. So we see kind of the Biden administration throughout the housing market, not just doing things that don't make sense and will make the market fall apart, but things that are almost guaranteed to fail and break the market apart. So this is kind of an amazing set of circumstances where not only are you going to make the economics and the incentives in the housing market bad, but you're also going to create more risk in the government and more risk for the people. So we have this kind of lose, lose, lose situation. When you have a free market policy, you're looking for more of a win, 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 where the government even gets more money as the economy grows and taxes increase. 
It is stunning that in this great country, which for 246 plus years has stood for freedom and common sense, that we are now have official government programs that redistribute wealth, whether it's student loans getting canceled so that we pick up other people's student loans or changing, punishing people who uh, get mortgages. You're redistributing the wealth. You're making government take over private sector industries that have performed really well. Uh, when does this stop? What is the key to this? I, you're, you're, at the Market Institute, you do such great work in protecting and advancing the causes of free markets. When do we get a chance to reverse this? Well, so one of the things that we do at the Market Institute is we amplify the issue. So I appreciate you guys having me on so we can talk about this issue and bring up this topic that not many people know about. But now that people know about it, what you need to do is call your congressman, call your representative, call the senators, because we need Congress to take action and stop the pilot program. It should be easy for them to understand that centralizing uh, the, ho the housing market in what finished our economy, almost finished our economy off in 2008, what really hurt us in 2008, it should be a no-brainer. So I think as, if Congress sees this and takes it up, Congress can stop this. And as you mentioned, Fannie is currently in receivership. They're in conservatorship of the government. We need to take control. We need to use that. And I think that if Congress hears about it, they will take this issue up and they will help us stop the pilot program. Hmm. Charles, we've just got about 90 seconds left. Um, I wanted to touch on something, you know, over the course of history, I would say French are known for wine and a number of things, Italian for sculptures and Prada and large hand gestures. Americans are known for innovation. That is, is, it's just purely American. One of the steps along the way of innovation is patents. And uh, you recently penned a piece regarding patent pirates and patent trolls. I actually thought they were the same, but they're certainly not synonymous. Talk to us about that and how it's hurting innovation. Well, look, as you as you pointed out, American America is about innovation. But if we look at what the Biden administration is doing on innovation, they're currently trying to uh, use a TRIPS waiver to give up our our innovative intellectual property on vaccines. And it doesn't matter what you think about vaccines, but they're going to give up our intellectual property for vaccines. And if we look throughout the innovation economy, they're making it harder to have patents. So again, we've got the title insurance where they're making it harder to buy a home and more risky. We have the mortgages where they're trying to make it harder for people that should be able to afford a home and easier for people that might not be able to afford a home. And then they're making innovation harder by making patents weaker. So we have these problems all over the economy and that's where the Biden administration needs to look around and stop. All right, folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports. So grateful you can join today. So grateful for our three guests who brought a lot, a lot of really hefty, important weight to us. A lot of different things to think about. Now, before we go, you guys, I get lots of messages on social media and on the Justin News website. You keep asking, hey, how can I get involved in that effort to fight taking away gas stoves, to regulate gas stoves out of our future kitchens, our future homes? It's happening in San Francisco and Boston. The Biden administration is trying to do it in Washington, D.C. nationally. Well, our friends at the U.S. Oil and Gas Association, Tim Stewart, who comes on this show regularly, he's created a grassroots movement organization called Hands Off My Stove. In other words, get out of my kitchen, government. Handsoffmystove.com. If you go there now, you can join for $1 a month and become part of a grassroots army 
that's mobilizing to push back around elitist governments in Washington and in all of the states, the blue states, blue cities, so that they don't regulate out of existence future natural gas stoves, future natural gas water heaters, future natural gas furnaces. Those are all important appliances, maybe even future natural gas grills. Think about that. Wow. So with billionaire dark money being used by these green groups to pursue this radical agenda, this war on natural gas, which by the way, is one of the main sources of carbon emissions reduction in America. It's actually been good for the environment compared to coal and other forms. Go to handsoffmystove.com, handsoffmystove.com. Go join for $12 a year, a buck a month. You're able to get in on a really important grassroots army. That's my thought for the day. Go do it. Handsoffmystove.com. All right, folks, that wraps up our Friday edition. Thank you for listening. And we'll be back tomorrow with a fun Saturday edition. History, economics, the great works of literature, the meaning of the U.S. Constitution. Did you study these things in school? Probably not. Or even if you did, like I did, maybe it's time for a refresher. Time and technology have changed a lot of things, but they have not changed basic fundamental truths about the world and our place in it as America. That's why I'm so excited that Hillsdale College is offering more than 40 free online courses in the most important and enduring subject. You can learn about the works of C.S. Lewis, the stories in the book of Genesis, the meaning of the U.S. Constitution, the rise and fall of the Roman Republic, or the history of the ancient Christian church with Hillsdale College's online courses, all available for free. That's right, you heard me, for free. You don't get anything free in the Biden economy today. I personally recommend you sign up for the American citizenship and its decline. It's with my good friend, the great historian, Victor Davis Hanson. In this eight-lecture course, VDH, as I like to call him, explores the history of citizenship in the West and the threats it faces today. Threats like the erosion of the middle class, the disappearance of our borders, the growth of an unaccountable deep state, and the rise of globalist organizations. The course is self-paced so that you can start whenever and wherever. So start your free course, American Citizenship and Its Decline, with my good friend, Victor Davis Hanson, today. How do you do that? Go right now to hillsdale.edu slash justnews to start. It's free and it's easy to get started. And it's an easy URL to remember. All you got to do, go to hillsdale.edu slash justnews. One more time, hillsdale.edu slash just news. Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year, and then the inflation data came out higher than expected again, just like we've been predicting. Friends, this isn't going away anytime soon. It can't. The U.S. is $34 plus trillion in the hole, and yet we keep printing money, which pushes the prices you pay every day even higher, whether it's at the grocery cart or at the gas store. So, you can either bury your head in the sand or you can do something about it. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation and Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. All you got to do to get started, text Just News to 989898 and get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist on how to protect your savings from persistent inflation. The way to do it with gold. All you got to do to get started on that journey with my good friends who I trust more than anyone at Birch Gold Group, text Just News to 989898 98 98 right now.